This episode is brought to you by Certified Piedmontese Beef. Listen up, foodies. Make your next meal even better with real Nebraska beef. They have healthy, tender, delicious Italian heritage beef, grass-fed and sustainably raised on lush pastures in the Midwest. You can even create your own personally curated meat box that's shipped right to your door. To get two free steaks with any purchase over $50, use the code FREEBEEF at checkout. Learn more and shop exclusively at cpbeef.com. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Bear. The hit series returns with Jeremy Allen White in the Golden Globe-winning role of Carmi. He and the team will transform their family sandwich shop into a next-level spot, all while being forced to come together in new ways as they confront their past and reckon with who they want to be in the future. FX is the bear. All episodes now streaming only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to One for the Road with me, Sober Dave. Each week I'll be talking to some incredible guests and I hope by hearing each episode they will offer you a valuable source of inspiration and insight. From incredible life stories to a variety of important subjects all to help you with your quest to change your relationship with alcohol. All of my guests are at different points in their journeys and each of them have powerful and uplifting stories and information to share. I hope you enjoy the show. Don't forget to subscribe and, of course, leave a review. My guest today on One for the Road is Dr. Rebecca Lewis. Rebecca specialises in the menopause and is passionate about improving education and knowledge, not only within medicine, but in society as a whole. In this episode, we discuss the similarities of the symptoms of excessive drinking to the symptoms of the menopause and why it's so important to make changes with your relationship with alcohol. I decided to record this episode as most of the women I work with are either approaching the menopause stage or experience symptoms already. I really hope you enjoy the show. Don't forget to hit the follow button and leave a review. So good afternoon, Dr. Rebecca. It's so lovely to have you on. We had a brief chat a few weeks ago about this subject and um, I thought it'd be really good for you to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them what you actually do. No, brilliant. Lovely to be here. Thanks very much for asking me. So um, I'm Dr. Rebecca Lewis. I'm a GP and menopause specialist and I'm a clinical director at Newton Health uh, uh, Menopause and Wellbeing Centre. And uh, where we see people who have menopause and help help them through their menopause and with treatments. And so we have an enormous um, experience, really, of of what how menopause can affect women. And it can be so varied. Um, and we see a lot of, of, of different sort of behaviours associated with menopause as well. Um, you know, and it'd be a great opportunity to share that with you and your listeners and how you know, menopause can affect women in, in all ways, but certainly with alcohol as well. Um, so it'd be a great opportunity to, to talk yeah, about that. I mm. think this um, uh, a great opportunity because most of my clients that I work with are women mm. between 35 and 55. Um, yes. And a lot of them do start to recognize symptoms of perimenopausal right and and i've written some similarities 
um, with people who have symptoms of excessive drinking, uh, and that includes brain fog, hot flushes, mood swings, anxiety, yeah. poor sleep, headaches, uh, bloatedness, fatigue, depression, low concentration. And I suppose when women are starting perimenopausal, um, it's there are similarities and they totally. merge, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. All those symptoms can also occur in perimenopause. So it's it's very difficult for a 40... Just to say what it is, really, just it's no harm in sort of explaining what, what menopause is because it's not been talked about. It's been such a taboo, hasn't it? But it's defined as, as a year after our last natural period is, is menopause. And perimenopause is the time leading up to our last period. It's when our ovary starts to fail. Um, and uh, when we get to menopause, it has completely stopped producing any eggs. Um, so that's menopause. But perimenopause is when it's starting to fail. And that can precede the final period. Women may still be having periods, but that can last for 10 years before the periods actually stop. So the average age in the UK of a woman's last period is 51 then the perimenopause can usually start in early to mid 40s, you know, 10 years before then, um, when the ovarian function starts to decline and it's and it stops producing eggs reliably and it stops producing those vital hormones from the ovary, which is estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. Now, the problem is, is that every cell in our body has an estrogen receptor on it, and particularly the brain area has estrogen receptors and testosterone receptors, so they're very responsive to these hormones. And as the perimenopause, the estrogen levels come up and down, up and down as the ovary stutters to a grinds to a halt over a long period of time. So it can creep up on you over months. It can be really insidious. We don't know what's happening to us quite often to start with. Um, but it, it can play havoc on our brains and, our, and the way we perceive things. And I can explain about that later if you want. Yeah, that'd be great. And I, I think immediately... I'm thinking us us men have it easy, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 not not always. I think you have your own problems as well. But it's um, it, it can be a really stormy time for women. This is the problem because some some women have a lot of symptoms. We know that seventy five percent of women will have symptoms, and twenty five percent will have. Um, just mild symptoms and 25% will be severe symptoms and usually these severe symptoms are from the mental health point of view because of these receptors in the in the brain the limbic system is a really important part of our brain to do with our memory our mood concentration um you know addictive behaviors our personality um sleep all, all these sort of areas um and Estrogen is really vital for all our neurotransmitters to function properly in that area. And that's things like dopamine, 5-HT, um, noradrenaline, uh, to keep that on a steady supply, as it were. So when we don't have enough estrogen, that can cause and um, rapid fluctuating high and low levels can cause chaos in this area of the brain and chaos with the neurotransmitters, um, which in some women can make them feel very low, very flat, hyper anxious, really anxious, um, agitated, 
um, overwhelmed by everyday things. So, you know, a very high functioning person can go to be almost, I can't make a decision. There's too many things. It's like having too many tabs open on your computer. You know, I don't know which one to attack first. I can't prioritize. I can't make a decision. Weeping, tearful. Um, and also slightly paranoid is quite a common thing, feeling people are talking about them, that they're no good and, you know, that they're, they're failing in their job. Their confidence is rock bottom. And this is what hormones can do to some women. It's really, really serious. And I've seen people sadly having to go to an inpatient in a, in a psychiatric hospital because their symptoms are so severe. But yet no one's thinking about hormones as a cause. Um, and it's neglected. People don't think this could be hormones because other people might have mild symptoms. We really cannot judge uh, based on what perhaps our parents have said to us or ask how our sisters are going through the menopause or our friends. We're all unique. And the effect of these hormones is very much down to the individual. But it's a huge problem. They've, you know, 25% are severe. They're on their knees, mm. literally can't get out of house. You know, they're, they're sort of housebound sometimes with their, with their anxiety. It can almost be paralyzing. For some people. And I suppose there's the emotional thing of overwhelming and, and mm. you know, what do we do when we feel overwhelmed? We want to turn the voice down, right? And alcohol does that immediately. It's a, And it's a reward. So if you've been feeling miserable and anxious all day, it's almost like I need something to stop me feeling this way. And that's yeah. that message with all your neurotransmitters. So in your experience, have you seen alcohol and, and the symptoms of menopause? Yes, def most definitely. Um, we see it's not, of course, studied very much because unfortunately women's health has been neglected and particularly menopause. So there's not much research done on this at all. But what we observe and we see 4000 women a month. So we have a good clinical experience. And me and all the other clinicians say that, um, it, often women tend to drink a bit more. Perhaps they've never drunk very much, but they tend to drink a bit more. And that's, but that is found out by study. We know that there's a peak in alcohol intake between 45 and 55, the age of the perimenopause to numb these symptoms. As you've just said, you know, when you're exhausted, overwhelmed, it's easy for that intake that was very moderate perhaps before just to go up and up and up. And so a lot of our our, our patients are, are drinking far too much mm. or the converse if, if if someone has had a problem with alcohol in the past and maybe got on top top of it this vulnerable time for some women with the fluctuations can trigger um the, the, you know dependency again and 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 searching again for, for alcohol and can destabilize what has potentially been a very stable few years um and we do see see that too um you know it's it's it it is a very common problem with alcohol because it's easy to have and and it does numb one to start with doesn't it it's a it feel relaxed and feel a bit calm it's an instant fix isn't it it you know? is and it then, is but yeah. later on yeah. as we all know yeah um three o'clock wake up night sweats anxiety and Absolutely. then that's where the waters get muddied whether is that the alcohol or the yeah. menopause yeah yeah and I would always say that we can diagnose menopause by other symptoms as well. Um, and if women's periods are changing, 
um, and have become further apart, for example, and she might be having flushes and sweats in the day as well as night, muscle aches and pains, poor sleep, you know, we can start treatment options for her. The, the most effective being HRT, which is the safest treatment for, you know, very safe treatment and, and benefits the majority of women. You have to have an individualized consultation, obviously. So then that can, we can then see what that takes away, what that can, if that can help some of the symptoms and, um, you know, so it's, it, you can't blame all symptoms on perimenopause. You can't blame all symptoms on alcohol. It's often a mixture of, of yeah. both. Mm. Yeah. And mm. so what do you suggest to your patients that come in and might admit that they're drinking too much? Do you suggest that they reduce or stop or what do you yeah i mean i suppose it depends on the the level of dependency doesn't it as as you know you know if they're they're drinking if they become really dependent we can't just stop we have to to reduce slowly to get in touch with their gp as well to give support and 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 signpost to all these supportive um, bodies that can help them and I would, and I always encourage to 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 to, to wean down slowly. And if I'm starting HRT, they often find that when their hormones are balanced, they find it much easier to come down on the alcohol um, because their anxiety is so much better. They're not feeling the need for it so much. Um, mm. They feel calmer. Their sleep is improved. Um, they're feeling more themselves in many ways, and they can they can. Uh, they can reduce it slowly. You know, I think they, I also say look for triggers. Um, and that will depend on the individual, what sort of triggers they, they have around for, for their drinking and try to make behavioral changes from that. But of course, that will depend on each person. Yeah. Um, isn't it? And, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I work with a lot of gray area drinkers. So they're, they're not dependent on alcohol. No. But, um, if I were to say to them, you know, um, how do you feel like never drinking again? They're like, oh, I can't do that. So there is a level of dependence there. Um, but I try, I, you know, I'm I'm not um, experienced in this like you are, but I suggest maybe that a healthier lifestyle can only be a good thing to deal with these these symptoms, you know. I, and that's that's absolutely right. I try and get, I try and explain what's happened that actually the, the, the alcohol is a depressant yeah. and they'll feel worse, as you've just said, you know, waking up at three in the morning and the terrible anxiety and, and low mood the next day. And it's really making them feel much, much worse. Um, and, you know, strategies to sort of try and try and reduce their intake is really, yeah. really and what, vital. And what, so what is HRT? What, so it's it, yeah, it's just three words, isn't it? It's hormone yeah. replacement therapy. So we said the perimenopause, the ovaries failing, and it and this is the main producer of the estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone. So those hormones naturally will fall away. So HRT is just replacing those hormones back to the level they were when we were having regular periods before the perimenopause. So for the average woman in her thirties, it's not giving high doses like the pill, uh, for contraceptive pill, which is a synthetic progesterone, uh, estrogen and, and given much higher doses. So it's just replacing or topping up. It's really to- in the perimenopause, women will still have hormones, but they're not nice, stable, um, regular supply of hormones because the is not working properly so we just top up the hormone uh, so it's a nice stable level all the time and the beauty now what has really transformed hrt is a new 
regulated body identical plant-based HRT, which is exactly as it sounds. It's exactly the same structure of the estrogen produced by the woman's ovaries and progesterone and testosterone. And these, um, you know, mirror the same structure. So they work much better on our organs and our cells because it, it recognizes it as self. Um, it gets into the brain areas as well and replenishes the supply, gives the brain. And the brain likes that, you know, the limbic system really wants a nice, steady, regular supply of estrogen. So all the neurotransmitters uh, are, are in order and settled and, and not um, not too low. Um, and, and, and so that's all HRT is. It's replacing the hormones the woman has naturally lost through her perimenopause. And we know now it's it, there were some horror stories, weren't there? I mean, 20 years ago that it caused breast cancer. Um, and this was because of a terrible study in the, in America that was what well, was a good study in one way, but it was it was badly analyzed. Um, the incorrect statistics were applied to the data and released to the general press before it was looked at by all the other people involved in the study and peer reviewed. And it came out saying that it was an increased risk of breast cancer and stroke. And they looked again, you know, and people stopped their HRT, you know, and were really worried about it. They've subsequently looked at the statistics and analysed them correctly. And the opposite has been found almost, that women who just have oestrogen only HRT have a slightly lower risk of breast cancer after taking it for 18 years, which is amazing. And, and that really needs to get out there. People who have oestrogen and progesterone, these are women who have wombs. They must have progesterone to protect the womb from the oestrogen. Um, which is which is given. Um, these these women who had estrogen progesterone had a very slight increased risk of breast cancer, but the increased risk was not statistically significant. It was one extra case in a thousand women, uh, which is which is a tiny amount. And this didn't reach. It could have happened by chance alone. That that's what not statistically significant means. It could have happened by chance alone, and. Um, that increased risk was with the very old fashioned type of progesterone, progestogens, they're called an estrogen, with a much more synthetic, not plant based. So that increased risk was less than the increased risk of breast cancer from drinking two units of alcohol every night. That carried yeah. a high, slightly higher risk. I know. And um, I heard mm. recently that um, if you've had breast cancer mm. um, and you still drink, the, mm. the chance of reoccurrence goes up by 28, 33% if you still drink. Well, I, I, yes, I don't know about this exactly, but it will go. It's a, it's a real problem, alcohol and, yes. um, and cancers and breast cancer being one of them. And, you know, if you're not exercising and put on weight, obesity is a real big problem of um, all sorts of cancers, including breast cancer. That's much higher risk of getting a breast cancer is being yeah. obese than, yeah. than having HRT. I, I uh, attended um, a talk with Jamie Oliver actually and there was a huge campaign on obesity yeah. and it actually went yes. down like a lead balloon at the time uh, but yeah, with yeah. obesity you know you think of poor food choices with drinking you know like when <laughs> I was drinking I, I I all my plans of diet would go out the window and I'd get the pizza out the freezer or I'd order the takeaway the delivery the Chinese and then the chocolate um 
you know, and and it all ties in together with the making the right choices, doesn't it? And when you're going through the symptoms of menopause, you know, that you're up against a wall, aren't you, with it? Yeah, you really are. You really are. You're, you're exhausted. You're tearful. You can be can be anywhere. Low mood, increased anxiety. You know, it's all you can do is struggle into work. And and by the way, eighteen percent of women are off for more than eighteen weeks, eight weeks at work. You know, that due to their menopause symptoms, it really is the ripple effect is enormous, and the increase in alcohol intake is really significant that we see in our clinic. Yeah. Um, but you can kind of sit in a way, right? Because I imagine if you're a woman, right, and you're going through these changes, and there must be an element of, you know, my body's changing, I'm getting older, I'm not producing eggs, you know, that that whole psychological feeling of getting older, right? And then you're going into a workplace that you're feeling really irritable, you're feeling alone, and there's the element that we can talk about in a minute from the men's perspective at home yeah. of, mm. you know, the stereotypical, oh, I don't know what's going on with her, she's moody, she's miserable, blah, blah, because they, one, they don't understand it, two, I know men that don't want to understand it, and three, is there the right information out there to help men understand it, you know, but in, in the workplace, you, you might be sitting there and you're sweating. You might have felt like you put on weight. You haven't slept. You're feeling highly anxious. So your mind's not really on the game, is it? Right. And, and, and you might have the old comment from a colleague. What? So the, the mental strain and the, and it's the, constant. It's constant because you think, oh, to start with, women normalise their symptoms and they say, oh, well, you know, sandwich generation, got teenage kids, you know, got elderly relatives. Women often the carers for the for the elderly as well, as well mm. as holding down a career and a job. It's a very stressful time of life for many women. Plus, fluctuating hormones messing with your neurotransmitters in your brain. Um, increasing your anxiety. So, so people don't recognize themselves. They've never been anxious before. Many haven't. Um, or if they have, it's, it becomes worse. And, you know, how to cope with all that is really, really hard, especially if they don't know what's going on. The brain fog. I've had so many women come in and, and, and really have been referred for, um, you know, CT scans to make sure they haven't got early dementia. They haven't. It's just the brain fog can't get the right word. It's so important for women as well as men to understand what's going on with the, with their bodies and their hormones. Seventy seven percent in the survey we we did of three thousand women didn't know their symptoms were due to menopause. Yeah, because like twenty percent, we all think hot flushes and night sweats, don't we? We all think mm. of that funny periods, but twenty percent of women will never get a flush or a sweat. So if we're waiting for that as the sign, we some will wait forever, but have every other symptom. It's about 40, 50 symptoms of, of menopause. Yeah, yeah. And they'll have every other thing, but not realise it. But this is why I think it's important to raise this thing about the alcohol, because many of the symptoms are the same. So they get blurred, don't they? So Yes, absolutely. They blame it. Oh, oh, well, I've been drinking a bit and I know, and they perhaps feel a bit guilty about that and they don't want to talk about it yeah. too much. I can understand that. So they bury it. Oh, it's, I'm only like this because of, I'll, I'll tell you what, tomorrow I'll, I'll start cutting down. I'll start cutting down. And, you know, that day perhaps never comes because their symptoms are driving 
you know it's a vicious cycle isn't it it feels yeah. so dreadful it's it's a, a short-term relief to a certain extent and making yeah. it worse of course absolutely so, and so, that, so this, that's where the awful. gray area drinking yeah. comes in you know yes. where where yes. you justify your drinking by thinking do you know what it's just a couple of glasses of wine with dinner but there's W weekly allocated units for a start. But on paper, it doesn't seem a lot, you know, or I'm not drinking in the week, but I deserve a glass of wine Friday and Saturday where you romanticize it because you've had such a stressful week. And, and you know, what I, you know, I mentioned about the workplace, but then you go home and you might have kids playing up and, and you feel out of control. You don't know how to handle it. And the old man comes in. And he's like, oh, God, she's off on one again. Yeah, that's absolutely right. This is how it is. You paint the picture so well of how it is for, for, for us all at home. And, 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 you know, relationships suffer because the man, if you know, heterosexual relationship, the partner doesn't really understand what's going on with their partner. You know, they've changed, irritable with them um, or withdrawn, much more withdrawn. Libido's out the window so that, you know, physically they can't be intimate. Um, and it can cause a great deal of pain for women, by the way, because the vaginal uh, know, symptoms yeah. can be severe. So, so you know, that that often, not always, but that often could be a real separation from someone who was their support network if it was being And, and it can go one way or the other, right? Because yeah, if, yeah. if there was more understanding, I'm not, I'm really trying, and as you rightly said about the heterosexual relationship as well, right? But, um, you know, I've talked to men about it and it's, I've got the feedback of what are you talking about? Why why are you talking to me about the menopause, right? Like, what's that all about? But equally, I've had men that have been interested in my view about it, right? Because, you know, it's it's lack of understanding for men. I mean, I met Meg Matthews before the, the lockdown happened, right? And she invited me on to do a big talk, right, about the male perspective. And I said to her, what support is available for, for the husbands to really understand what women are going through and what the symptoms are and maybe how we can be better, right? Yeah. And she said, well, I'm not sure there are any, which felt shocking being that was two or three years ago. But for me, it it was like surely men have to – be patient, understand, listen, have empathy, um, and ask questions as well. Like, ask how they're feeling and, and say, you know, are you struggling today? Is there anything I can do to support you? So you're not going one way or the other. You're actually pulling together because otherwise you're always say, oh, my God, here we go again, right? You're going to pull away from me and go, you just don't understand me. So you're at two ends of the scale, right? And then, but then that adds to your mental health issues, depression, but it adds to mine as well because I, I think, God, this is pointless and there's no sex and what's Absolutely. the point of this? And I'm yeah. going down a the pub. Then I yeah. start drinking more. Yeah. It's, a, just it's, it's just, a, a, it's an absolute, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. The tsunami effect, not the ripple effect, this is like a tsunami effect from menopause in the workplace, in the part and partners at work, partners at, at home, you know, uh, romantic partners in relationship with friends. Women withdraw quite often with their menopause because their symptoms are so bad, they become isolated. They just want to sit at home in front of the television and, and have a drink. 
that's quite a quite a common mm. scenario we do see in some people. And I think um, it's so important for men to know because it's horrid for them. They, you know, it's it's kind of frightening for them. They can't see what's going on and want to help. And they don't know how. They get rejected. Um, and I think it can cause a lot of depression and sadness for them too. For, for both. And for then both, that exactly. A, a, a and then that's an effect with a kid. And, and actually, and... The, we were talking to our divorce lawyer, a divorce lawyer who um, has done a podcast for us. And in fact, out of a thousand divorce cases she had 85 percent cited menopause as one of the one of the reasons mm. it is a hugely vulnerable time for relationships for previous addictions and not just alcohol other addictions because we're vulnerable for eating disorders all these sorts of things can we see um come to the fore there's no research done on this of course because it hasn't hasn't been looked at but we see with our eyes how it can happen it's common sense when uh, something can make some women feel so dreadful and uh, anxious and and vulnerable um you can see why why these these patterns of behavior develop for maybe the first time or recurring you know um and i think information is is key and we have the balance app which is a free app for everybody um men can go on there and there's a website balance-menopause.com and there are resources there and there's actually a leaflet for partners and there's lots of leaflets explaining about what menopause is, what's happening with the hormones in the brain. There's one on alcohol as well, um, you know, and how to how to minimise the impact. So we've had just anecdotally, you know, when women hormones are replaced with HRT, which is very safe, um, the, the body identical HRT, they feel they're sleeping, they can cut down their alcohol, have, they're exercising more because they've got energy and interest. And, you know, they feel back to their normal selves, their personalities back to how they used to be for many women. Um, and it can be transfer- transformational for, for, for some people. And of course, lifestyle is so important. But when, when you're drinking a lot, it's very, it's very, very difficult to make that just slowly, slowly changes, yeah. isn't it? But, 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 you know, ideally we want to get the exercise up and mindfulness and walking daily if we can. And then gradually that might come into a jog or going to the gym regularly, um, eating healthily. But as you say, when you're drinking a lot, you're just going to just have a pizza takeaway, aren't we? Yeah. It's a combination um, of different ingredients in the pot, isn't it? It, it is. It's a perfect storm, if you like, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, but if and you that. make these changes, so that's education, mm. talking, yep. you know, being open mm. about it. Um, mm. Mm. Have the conversation. Well, like we're having now, actually, I'm hoping this is really going to help some of your listeners to, to sort of understand that menopause could be part of the solution, uh, part of the part of the reason. And, you know, there are solutions for, for that, to treat yeah, the menopause. Yeah, and part. you know what? You go on Instagram and there's loads of accounts all about the menopause, but there's rarely anything about the male side. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to be, well, what about us? No, I'm saying it to, to say maybe there's an avenue there that needs exploring. Mm, mm, men, mm. like you've just said about your amazing app, and what I do, I put um, the details in the show notes after the episode right. because that's fantastic. But maybe there needs to be more men talking about it as well and to help other men because it is a thing. You know, it's a real thing. I mean, I saw an episode of Everyone Loves Raymond, right? Yeah. And and it was actually done really, really well. Was it? Yeah. Where she was like, 
all over the place with her mood. And he basically said, I don't know what to do. Like, I really don't know what to do. And she said, I don't know. Next time, just give me a hug. And the next yeah. scene, she was all over the place again. Yeah. And he went to hug her and she went, get off of me. I don't want you <laughs> yes. anywhere near me. Yeah. And it was yeah. so, so the yeah. man's like, I yeah. can't do yeah. what I'm doing wrong. Do you know what I mean? It was like. Yeah. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah. It's, it's very, very hard. hard. Um, but that's why I say patience, understanding, listening, and maybe rather than think about getting your end away, just give her a hug and, and say, look, are you okay? Are you feeling okay today? You know, and I couldn't agree more. I think, I think even though, you know, if people are very anxious or irritable inside, they're vulnerable. They're really, really vulnerable and, mm. uh, you and know, scared. and frightened. Yeah. The anxiety, frightened of, of things that you wouldn't even think would be frightening, but they, they can cause enormous anxiety for no reason almost. So having that security and protection and love is, is so important in people's recovery and, um, and getting them feeling better. Definitely. And do you see things are changing compared to a, to five years ago with this this subject what menopause or alcohol menopause like yes totally i think things are the conversation has really changed we've seen davina haven't we out and out and the television people are getting more aware and they're getting angry actually because they've suddenly realized how long (laughs) their suffering has been going on yeah i see women who've given up really good jobs because of their menopause relationships are broken down because of menopause um you know bad behaviors have have been established like drinking because of menopause and if only they had known at the beginning Mm. then they're empowered with how they might like to manage their own menopause if they're aware that They've had a problem in the past. This is one of the times. There are lots of times of life changes, and this is one of the life changes that can cause, a, a, you know, a, a, a vulnerable time for women and and increase the, the risk of drinking again, for example. So if people are aware of that before, then, you know, forewarned is forearmed, isn't it? Knowledge, yeah. knowledge is power. And then they can be aware of how many treatments there are, the most effective being HRT and how safe that is with a new type of HRT and how that can really help many people if they wish to look at that or there are alternatives like the lifestyle techniques and the mindfulness, regular exercise, having a really healthy diet. Because when we lose our hormones, there are also some health risks people people should be aware of, increased risk of brittle bones and heart disease mm. and diabetes um, because we've lost the vital estrogen hormones. Um, so it's important that either we replace the hormones to help reduce that, which it does by half, by 50%, it reduces the risk of heart disease if you start it within 10 years of your last period, HRT, um, and reduces the risk of osteoporosis and fractured hips, etc. when we're in our 70s and 80s. Um, but, you know, other other things as well, exercising, weight-bearing exercise helps yeah. bone density and cardiovascular exercise to help the help the heart as well. And doing everything together is really good. Often it's not an either, either or, it's, it's a lot of women do both. And, and sh- you know, we should all be having a healthier lifestyle. But it's that that really can help our mental health, you know, getting out and walking, um, mindfulness, um practicing that in a regular way can be very helpful and i think you know like when i work with gray area drinkers there's this whole moderation myth it's a nightmare 
I mean, w- once there's an issue with alcohol, to moderate is virtually impossible. I think there's less than 5%. So it's about making the right choices, right? So it's possibly thinking, right, do you know what? I'm going to give myself a month of alcohol to see if my symptoms feel different, you know? Yeah. So mixed with what you've just wonderfully said about the exercise, the healthy eating, the mindfulness, mm. some breath work, you know, some journaling. You know, I always suggest people journal their feelings down, you know, a bit like Columbo at the end of the month. You can look back and you can analyze your mood swings and that. And maybe. Oh, I think that's really good. I think that's really good because when you're making thought errors, we call them, you know, um, perhaps a bit paranoid. No one likes me. Everyone hates me. If you write that down and then come back and reflect and say, would my friends say this about me? No, they yeah. wouldn't. It puts perspective back and it, 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 it makes people think, hang on, this is me being anxious. This is not the truth, actually. Yeah. Or likewise, if they've come back in a month, think, gosh, I was really, when I was drinking more and whatever, I was really thinking a certain pattern or a certain way of thinking and, and it's changed because I've done all these sorts of things. I think that's incredibly powerful. Yeah, and and low self-esteem taps into it as well. So Mm, when I look at the mm. comparisons of the symptoms of drinking too much, as I said before, all the different areas there, low uh, self-esteem is a big one, lack of self-worth, right? It's like when you're going through these symptoms, your body's changing, you you know you're getting older and all this, it can chip away your self-esteem, right? So when you mix in the booze. So I always suggest it's not about like, that's it. You're in the menopause now. That's the end of your drinking career. But I just think it's, it's really good opportunity to take it out to see how you feel. Yeah. And I can pretty much guarantee you will better. feel better. Yeah. By, by removing it. Totally. Um, and then mm. you can go from there, you know, mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and see yeah. how it goes month to month to month, you yeah. know. And yeah, yeah, definitely. It's all about making right choices in life. And when we get older, we have to start to do that, menopause or not. We have to look yeah. at, yeah. you know, how our liver slows down, how we our weight gain increases easier. You know, like I look at lads and girls of twenty five, they eat anything and they stick thin, you know. And I'm I'm eating a stick of celery and I put on a six pound. <laughs> But this is, that's right. I mean, you know, again, the the estrogen affects our liver and our uh, enzymes in there. So when we lose it, you know, our metabolism changes and how we metabolize alcohol and other things. I've got microbiome changes with with the loss of estrogen. So it just affects every single part of our body for for many people. And um, being aware of that is is really important, I think. The other thing I think, people think it just creeps up. They think, oh, I just have a couple of glasses. And they're home glasses. They're probably 250 mil. Mm. I mean, that is an enormous, that's three quarters of a bottle of night. That's, you know, Mm. seven or eight units sometimes, you know, with large glasses or six units, isn't it? You know, so it's it's much more than people think a glass of wine is one unit. That is not correct. No, no, home pouring is a big thing. thing, But but also, you know, it's, it's what else is there is the big question. And what you've just so articulately said about options Mm. to do different Mm. things, you know, like, Mm. It could be tonight the sun's out. Don't romanticise alcohol by going, I could sit in the garden with a nice glass of wine, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, do you yeah. know what? I could go out for a nice walk and get yes. some fresh air in my lungs yes. and 
yes. listen to a podcast or, you know, there are op- healthy options, I think, are how you frame it in your life rather than, well, Terribly I feel important. this crap anyway, so I might as well just have a drink, you know, justify it. And this is how I speak to people that work with me is how we speak to ourselves about the language we use for ourselves. Yes. And yes. also the options we choose and don't romanticize alcohol because it's never going to be a glass of wine, a beer with the condensation running down the glass in the, in the garden. It all sounds wonderful, right? Yes. Yes. I like that phrase. Don't romanticize alcohol because that's what people do the whole time Mm. in our society. It's fed to us, isn't it? You know, absolutely it's, it's drip you know, from the start right but we do it ourselves mm. we mm. we lie mm. to ourselves to justify it but deep down we're not in denial because we know where it's going to go you know most people know that it's not going to be one glass of wine um it could be two uh, and the people i work with it could be a bottle or they go into the second bowl thinking i'll just have one more like my podcast, One for the Road, they have that. But before you know it, they have a bottle and a half each time they have a drink. And then that escalates to two, you know. So it's so accumulative alcohol, you know, because your tolerance levels goes up and then you you get away with it more, but you don't get away with it. So, Mm. you know, it's... I know. It it was really hard. And, And alcohol makes menopause symptoms worse the anxiety it stimulates hot flushes and night sweats and poor sleep which they're having anyway so it's just i know it's compounding wheel, the whole right? thing yeah so it's breaking it down putting it in front of you and going do you know yeah. what what are the better options here and that's why i say journaling works because you can write it down in front of you see it for what it is and go right okay i need to think about doing this as a trial you don't have to say, right, that's it, and go running in the street and saying, do you know what, I'm never drinking again. You can say, I'm going to give it a month, and I'm I'm going to go to bed early every single night to see if I can get some restorative sleep. I, yeah. I'm going to go to the gym when I would normally fancy a drink, so it, it removes the association. Yes, right? yes. Um, and, and you can, do you know, other people, that jigsaw puzzles are a fantastic distraction, you know? Yep. Yeah, a thousand piece jigsaw. Sit down before you know it's nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah. earlier, you know, like yeah. change, have more routine so your blood sugar levels are, are more balanced. You know, yes. because yes, you yes. know, there are a lot of people that don't eat to allow for the calories for the booze. I see. You know? yes. So yes. you're yo-yoing yeah. your blood sugar levels as well. Um, the acronym HALT: hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Any of those things which you. I get with the symptoms in the menopause, right? Yeah, totally. All of them. So it's about breaking it down, putting it in front of you, and then thinking, right, I need to to make some different choices here. And then you're in for a bit of a, and let's not forget, talk to the partner and and open the conversation. Absolutely. And if you need a leaflet to start things off and you can go through the leaflet together and say and all the on the app, you can have all your symptoms documented and you can talk together why you're feeling that and irritability. And I think doing it, you know, going through things together would really helpful for, yeah. for, for couples. OK, mm. I've really appreciated this this podcast. Um, do you want to just remind the listeners what the app is called so they can have a look at it and download it? It's called Balance and it's the it's free it's balance app 
Balance Menopause app. And the website is balance-menopause.com, um, which Fantastic. is for that. But lots of lots of resources there and information for partners um, and information about it, menopause in general. So That is absolutely that's, brilliant. that's helpful. No, absolutely Good. brilliant. I'm so grateful. And I'll also Pleasure. put the links to your website and the app on the show notes of this episode. So Lovely. thank you so much for joining and thank I you hope for having me soon. thank you so much it's been great I really hope you enjoyed the show today don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for further support you can buy my book One for the Road on Amazon and you can also follow me on Instagram at Sober Dave please remember to join me for next week's episode until then thanks for listening And have a great week.